podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Full of frustration. Full of despair. From years of hurt, disappointment and relegation. Two British football fans have had enough. Canary Bird Elliot Holman and Wanderer Henry Hewitt are in search of glory, pride, passion, in search of silverware. And they found Major League Soccer. I'm, I'm going to let you take this one. Like Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, we are uniting North America and the UK. It's the MLS UK show. That's actually really good. Thanks. Well done. This is the MLS UK show. I mean, sure, I kind of expected you to touch on Bolton being relegated, Norwich going up to the Premier League as champions. Atlanta winning a game! Something to do with MLS, but, you know, sure, whatever. Welcome along to another episode of the MLS UK show. My name's Elliot Holman. And I'm Henry Hewitt. We have got so, so much to talk about. Managers being sacked, trades going on, teams strengthening, teams weakening, teams on terrible runs of form. And of course, this weekend, the MLS UK show derby. Oh. It's Orlando versus Atlanta. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. Anyway, shall we get started? Let's do it. Can't wait for that one. Yep. What is it, Norton 6 now against Atlanta for Orlando? Yeah. Can I throw a bet in early doors? Go on. I wanted to do this. Um, I, I haven't seen you, but I wanted to say this the other day. So, do you know Orlando lost to Toronto and mm-hmm. Atlanta beat SKC? We'll touch on it in a minute. I wanted to, I wanted to put this, um, this prediction past you, but I haven't seen you. So, I was going to say... Atlanta beat SKC. Yep. Atlanta then go on to win their next two games, including the one against Orlando. Three yep. in a row. Would love that. And I was going to say Orlando lose to Toronto and go on to lose against Atlanta as well. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my prediction. Those five games, three wins for Atlanta, two losses for Orlando. That's 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 what I'm throwing it down. I'm kind of halfway there already. Well, let's hope you go the full nine yards. Is that right? 10 yards? I don't know. It's an NFL term. And we're MLS UK, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we at the point where we need to redo this? Full of frustration. Do we need a new one? Well, I'm, I'm frustrated. What is it? Full of frustration? Full of despair? Uh, I think that sums you dis- up today. Yeah, despair, yeah. Um, uh, from years of... Hurt, yeah. Is it? Years of... Why? Am I be... getting mixed up with three lions? We should on know the it show? by now. Let's, let's go through it. Full of frustration. You're definitely frustrated. Yeah. Full of despair. That's me. Yep, that's Henry. From years of hurt. Yep. There we go. Disappointment. Disappointment. Yeah. And relegation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. Two British football fans. Yeah, so um, Bolton not only having been relegated to League One, and I, 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 I'm not joking here, it's not funny. Um, Bolton have now entered administration as well. Just to explain to people what that means. Um, I. At the recording of this, I think they've said that to the court to get a few a bit longer to pay a tax bill, but I don't think they've actually physically gone into administration. I don't mean it's like a door you need to go into, like, oh, we're in administration now. Um, no, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't, in, I don't really know what it means, but apparently it's easier for people to buy the club when they're in administration than not in administration because of the amount of debts. 
So, but it just means Bolton will start next season on minus 12 points, which is fun. Minus 12 in League One. Yep. So it'll probably take us to October, if we're lucky, to get out of uh, that and into zero points. I mean, I'd, I don't even feel like it's right to even mention Norwich in this podcast, having just won the championship. Yeah, well, Norwich did well, didn't you? It's, it's nice for you to win something. I had uh, my win last December when Atlanta won the MLS Cup. Uh, you've got yours with Norwich getting promoted. But... Yeah. I mean, I actually you know, went to some games. But anyway... Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt... MLS UK show. Loads to get through, so yes. much. Thinking, uh, well, speaking of winning, hopefully, mm. and awards. Oh, no, don't, don't, don't. Because I've been practicing my, I've been practicing my gracious loser face. Check this out. I mean, that works well in a podcast, but just to explain, you've got a little smile on your face and you are just having a little applause uh, because, of course, we are up for a football blogging award. Uh, it's Wednesday today. This will be tomorrow. Tomorrow night. I'll be there looking like this. Clapping like this. Yep. As we go up against... Uh, While some other... Takes our award. Yeah, I think we're up against 10 or 11 other uh, podcast meme pages. I don't know, but it's best international content creator. It's at the Etihad Stadium. Imagine if this, this thing here that you're listening to is absolute rubbish, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Despite getting, I'm, nom- I'm shocked enough that it got nominated. Imagine if we actually won it. Yeah, it would be, it would be hilariously. Uh, Amazing. Uh, and As everyone in the room is just like, who are these guys? Yeah. But um, so if you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at MLS UK Show, we will be kind of trying to document our night on Thursday, the 9th of May. At least for the first few beers. Yeah, exactly. So uh, wish us luck. That's at the Etihad Stadium tomorrow. It's the Football Blogging Awards. And we're up for Best International Content Creators. And sticking with the Etihad theme, it's time for. Go on, you do it. You do it. You got this. The game with the changing name. Yes, he's actually got it. Game with the changing name. This is where we give you a player who uh, has played in the UK and in MLS. We give you their career path and you have to guess who it is. Uh, I've got one for you today with a little Etihad tie-in. Oh, go on. Okay. Now, this player... I'm going to have to be, forgive me, because I'm going to have to be careful to sort of bend the rules a little bit, and I don't want to give too much away, otherwise it will be so obvious. So I'm, I'm okay. just going to take my time with this one, okay? So, this player started their career with Freiburg 2. Huge team. In 2015. They've played for Columbus Crew. Okay. Do you know it already? I've got a feeling, but go on. <laughs> and now have a tie to the Etihad Stadium. I know it is. I think it's quite easy, but... Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to go Etihad for uh, for the big night tomorrow. I didn't know he played for Freiburg too, but I've got a feeling that... Oh, mate, I was all over that knowledge. 14 appearances. So wow. No goals. <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm, if it's who I'm thinking of, it's, that's not a surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, let us know if you, uh, if you think you've got it at MLS UK Show.
So coming up on uh, this episode of MLS UK show, we're going to be talking to Sean, who is part of Generation Orange. That's an internet radio show uh, dedicated to Houston Dynamo. They've had an amazing uh, few weeks and, and find themselves third in the conference now. Uh, so we'll be chatting to him a little later on. Uh, let's recap what happened last weekend in MLS. Another interesting weekend, as every weekend is in the league. Uh, where should we start, Elliot? <sighs> Uh, Philly played uh, just before the weekend. They took on uh, FC Cincinnati. 2-0 win. And this was kind of the, the beginning of the end for Cincy, as we'll discuss in a bit. Uh, Philly, though, what a weekend for them. And this kicked off an amazing weekend. Yeah, uh, 6-1. The thing is, though, right, this comes with a... I'm, I'm, I've been really frustrated with New England this season. I've been frustrated with Friedel. He won't settle. He won't pick an 11. He won't stick with it. He won't show any faith in, in any players. There's too much rotation going on. And 6-1, it's there. It ties their biggest ever victory for Philly. Yeah. But I just... It's too easy. It, like, New England just... They're so poor. They, they really are in trouble. Seriously, New England are in trouble. Yeah, I mean, they managed to get it back to 1-1, Casido got got the goal, but then after that, they just fell apart, didn't they? And it just seemed like they're down tools. It just seemed like they And they're, they're giving Friedel up. more time, which I just think is a massive mistake. It's not like he started this year. He was mm. there last year. I think they've actually got a big roster, but it's just full of bang average players. And people are talking about Cincinnati having, you know, not having a strong enough roster. Look at New England. There's no yeah. one. That, there's no one in that New England team that... Do you know when you're making your fantasy team, you don't if you if you have no connection to New England, you're not going, Oh yeah, I'm gonna have one of them. There's no one. There's there's no. there's nothing. I mean, to be fair, FC Cincy probably have a better roster than uh, New England Revolution. I agree, hundred percent. Name for name. But the bottom of the conference now, where do we go from here? Because they showed against uh, Red Bulls, was it, when they can you can get a, a win out of nowhere. So they've always got that round the corner, but it just Well they play Chicago tonight. And I just, it's got to the point where you just can't see them going to and doing anything. No. I can't see them going to Chicago and, and, and getting a win. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I really I really think they're in trouble. I really fear for them. Well, uh, we spoke to uh, New England Revolution UK the other week and we we touched on the Chelsea game, which is coming up now, actually. And, <laughs> Imagine. Uh, Chelsea have actually uh, revealed that they will be playing quite a decent side in that game and you remember last year when San Jose played Man United and yeah. we were like they're going to get walked over and I did 0-0 so I now look at San Jose so maybe uh, a game against Chelsea could kickstart New England Revolution season a bit I mean right but, now though that's mm. double figures yeah if Philly are beating them 6-1 that's double figures I know you can't look at it that way but they're just it's pouring if you look at their roster and you try and pick your 11 you don't you can't pick anyone who's in form because they're sort of played and they're dropped and they're played and they're dropped yeah there's no real standout starting 11 that are way better than the others you know Atlanta your your boys are a perfect example you know your best 11 and if they're all available you play them I just I, I'm, I'm worried I'm worried for them and I, I think showing faith in Friedel is is wrong yeah even Atlanta beat New England uh, Philly though Doing well. Um, Philly are over... I don't want to say overachieving. Surprising people, mm. I think, is, is, is the, correct, the correct term. They're, they're, really, they're really looking strong. They're looking better at the back than they have before. And actually, I just think, to be fair, 
the more this goes on, the more belief it's breeding in 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 that roster, which isn't a deep roster. There's not a huge amount of depth there, but they just keep rolling. Yeah, well, it's like I'm going to have a chat with uh, Sean a little later on in the podcast, and it's similar to Houston, where they've not got that star name. You look at their level on points with DC at the moment, Philadelphia Union at the top of the uh, East. DCF star names, Philadelphia mm. don't, you know. But look, you can't argue with a start. What a start! You mentioned DC. They they beat Columbus, and Columbus are now lost five in a row. Do you worry for Columbus, um, or do you see the growing project there? I'd, I don't know if you can call it a project because they weren't that bad last year. So is it a project if it's going downhill? Well, they're still, like, still six. It's I like Porter. Yeah, but five losses in a row. You've got a snap out of that. True, true. They play Galaxy today. That you know that could become six. They have won three at home, though, so far this season. So they are going to be a side that uh, tends to pick up more of the points at home. I, I, I think Columbus will be fine. Um let go of Miram this week though so we'll be talking about that later on with the transfers and the trades yeah I mean I still can't believe that's that's <laughs> happened we'll get on to that um, I want to talk Red Bulls and LA Galaxy because um, this was a game I think that was really hard to call LA obviously in form going to Red Bull Arena uh, Red Bulls have really been struggling kind of like Columbus that we just talked about they lost a lot of games on the bounce um, pressure was building on Armas and they just performed really well they, t- yeah. they took the lead um, LA pegged them back, but they performed really well. Even uh, defenders like Tarek were getting involved in goals. And I think that could be a massive, massive turning point in their season. Well, we spoke uh, a couple of episodes ago. We looked at Atlanta and Red Bulls when they were 12th and mm. 11th in the uh, you know, in the conference. And they both seem to have won a few games. They've turned it around. Now, now they're 8th and 9th. To me, it's a very strong, apart from Orlando, of course, it's a very strong line up in the playoffs at the moment two are going to have to drop out for them two to come in and you said there about Columbus losing a few games now it's getting to that point before the summer sort of break before the Gold Cup you've got to, you can't be losing games now or you could find yourself uh, falling behind yeah I, I don't look at Columbus as a team that's going to drop out I just think they really need to nip this in the bud really quickly. But New York, uh, Red Bulls and Atlanta, to some extent, were, were the sleeping giants. And uh, Atlanta were looking stronger than Red Bulls. They looked like they were really in trouble. Um, but it looks like they're, they're... From the looks of that performance, anyway, it looks like they're on their way back, which is good. Yeah. Uh, LA Galaxy, the second um, in the West. I mm. mean, 22 points from 10 games. This is nothing to worry about, is it? Only two losses this no, season. I mean, look, we always say you win your home games. You, yeah. you win your home games, and and you'll be fine. Um, they've they've got a stronger roster than than last year. They're playing better than last year. Zlatan's still on form, which is good to see. I don't worry for them whatsoever. Uh, so they're in second then in the conference. Top uh, LAFC nil mm. nil uh, at home to Chicago Fire. I'm sure we didn't do a, a podcast last week. I'm sure if we did. Our predictions would not be nil nil. Do we boo LAFC or have they done enough this season for us to? to I, let I them think off? they've probably brought us enough goals. Even if we just look at the San Jose game, they've probably probably qualified to to be allowed a nil nil. But Chicago, that's a great result for Chicago yeah. to go away to LAFC and and get that. And that's what I'm saying. So New England have got Chicago tonight. It's a t- it's tough. You don't look at Chicago and go. They're one of the best teams in the league. But they've just drawn nil-nil with LAFC, who potentially are the best team in the league. It's tough. 
you know, Friedel's up against it. He says he's glad that this game's come this quickly so he can turn it around, but they've now got to go and try and score against Chicago Fire. But we know MLS. Anything can happen. A, there's going to, after a nil-nil draft, they're keeping it tight at LAFC. Chicago probably will concede four now uh, and and get battered by New England Revolution. Literally anything could happen. <laughs> Absolutely anything. I'd... I don't even. I know we always say it, but there's still there's still results that surprise me. I like imagine have putting money on that six one Philly. Yeah, and imagine I know that you maybe would have had them to beat New England, but imagine having Chicago to go to LAFC and get a draw. It's ridiculous. So, San Jose as well. San Jose are on the up. Do you owe San Jose Earthquake fans an apology? They beat Cincinnati one nil. They're now seventh. They're in the playoffs at the moment, and they've won. They've beaten Cincinnati, they've beaten Portland as well. Do you owe them a bit of an apology? Saying that they're definitely going to finish, what, 12th? Right, here's the thing. I don't have anything against San Jose. And I think that's I think that's important. I think there's unattractive teams in MLS. And I think they've always been a team that you maybe look at and think they're not exactly, uh, not exactly the greatest. However, I've been impressed with them recently. I really have. Yeah, but... Do you have to give an apology to them? Or are you going to wait till the end of the season? I just want to see what happens next because they put the manager in, right? Yeah. Now, results recently have been good. They put the manager in and it's almost like they just expected that to be the, the cure-all. But they were getting hammered by LAFC. And you need to invest in the roster. I don't know if they still make the playoffs. This is what I'm saying, right? They've been better than expected. I don't know if they still make the playoffs, though. Let's see what happens. But at the end of the season, if they get in the playoffs, will you apologise? Because you were you you slated them so much. Yeah, but I I stand by that though. They're I think I think they've done really well to win these games in the last few weeks because I think they're overachieving. Okay. Do you not do you not agree? They've the roster's not good enough to make the playoffs. I think if it's... they're now winning these games, you're like, whoa, that's good. Yeah, no, I am impressed. And buddy, MLS, so it would not surprise me if San Jose sneaks into the playoffs. Really wouldn't. We'll see. I I hope they do because I love seeing it move around. Yeah, I yeah. love it when you see teams that we've never, you know, like Colorado. I've never watched MLS and Colorado been good. <laughs> I'm excited for a, for a new manager to come in and rejuvenate them. And same with San Jose. I've never seen San Jose kind of, you know, really be up there. Uh, their first game under temporary stewardship was a defeat to Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, a bit controversial, this one, wasn't it? I I don't like this. I don't like firing the manager before you've got someone. I don't mm. see I don't see the point. He may as well have just he may as well just stayed. Yeah, but what happens then if uh, so if they go out get a new manager, find him or whatever. What happens if rumors get back to Anthony Hudson then that listen mate, you're out of a job in a few weeks. I know it's a classic case of I don't have the solution. I'm just saying, <laughs> like it's just a bit, it's a bit rubbish, um, and I d- I don't expect them to start hitting any sort of form until they're they're settled. It's it's maybe the trouble changing the managers. You're looking at a month down the line from when he comes in. You can't judge him straight away. You have to give him time to bed in, and then all of a sudden you're halfway through the season, and it's it's just a shame that this has had to happen. Do you think these managerial changes, I know it was the transfer deadline the other day, so maybe they had something to do with it, but do you reckon some of these changes are because in the summer when they're having a bit of time off for the Gold Cup, they're going to give these managers coming in 
a month then to bed in and then it's the break and then you're just like, yeah. right, part two of the season, try and make the playoffs. I mean, Colorado are seven points off 11th at the moment. They're nine points off 7th. So it's a lot of making up to do. You were so impressed with the trades they've made in the in the close season. Can they still make the playoffs with the right manager or is this it now? This is the thing, right? So I think this is where they were right to make the change because I think the roster is the roster's there. I'm not talking about playoffs. I know we maybe discussed them making the playoffs. I'm not talking about that. They should not be where they are with that roster. And I think that's just bottom line. I don't think you can argue. And so they've put the work in over the winter. They've put the roster together. And the, and it's not worked. It's not, it's not happening. And therefore, your only option is to change the manager. And so I think they, they did exactly the right thing. I think I stand by what I said at the start of the season. I think, you know, the moves they made were the right ones. I know there's still, you know, there's talk that they want to do more, but I stand by it. I think they've I think they've done well. I think their only option was to change the manager, which is different to Cincy, which yeah. like we'll we'll get onto in a minute. But for me, Colorado, correct move. Right, well, we'll see. Well, do I agree with you? Do I not? We'll wait and see till later. Uh, Montreal, nil, New York City, two. Good result for New York City. They seem to have found form again after a poor start. Montreal, uh, still third, so still impressive, their start to the season. The worst thing about Montreal is that pitch. Yeah. What? Like, right. But but that's maybe why New York City won, because they were used used to to it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the thing is, I tweeted, um, and some people mainly Montreal fans have taken it the wrong way I tweeted a picture of the uh, Yankee Stadium pitch and the um, Montreal pitch and I said like they say that you know the old players come into MLS it's a retirement league is the worst thing about MLS it's clearly not no it's you know these teams that are being forced to pay you know millions to have a soccer specific stadium and then you've got these other teams playing on these surfaces now Montreal's excuse is the, the terrible winter they had. I get it. I totally get it. But I don't know what to say. Like, I, I, I'm i not sort of like against Montreal in this. But at the same time, you want to start a soccer team in Montreal. So that's going to happen. So there needs to be a way of getting over that, whether you have a roof on it or whether you cover it. Or, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't have the answers again. But they've been, they, they are in MLS. There's teams who want to join and MLS is saying, whoa, well, first of all, you're going to need this, this, this and this. And you're looking at the teams that are already in it and they haven't got that. Uh, we just need a bit of consistency. And I think Montreal fans are all like, oh, well, yeah, well it's all right for Orlando because they've not even got real grass. And it's like, well, it is real grass, but it's easy because it's hot. And, it, you know, I get that. There just there needs to be, you want to play soccer in Montreal, the, the, weather, the weather is the weather. You've yeah. got to deal with it. Yeah, one of the the beauties of um, the US and Canada is is that across the league, in the same country or the same um, continent, what we don't have in Europe is is we have very similar sort of weather. Apart from like Spain, that's mm. very hot and whatever. But in the US, in one country, you've got these different climates. You've got Orlando and LA, but then you've got. Uh, you know, you've got Toronto, you've got New York, you know, and you've got Montreal where it's challenging for each team because if you're used to playing in a warmer climate, it's challenging then going and playing away, only spending a day in a in a cold place, mm. which is great. But, yeah, you, I think you're right with Montreal. I, I Listen, I've never been Montreal. I don't really know their uh, temperature or whatever. But knowing... Cold. Yeah, well, knowing Canada, it does get quite cold. Surely... 
in a, in the months that are colder than others, you would put up a plan to say, right, let's make sure this doesn't affect the pitch because we're starting a new season in March. Yeah, whether it's undersoil heating, whether it's you know covering it up, whether it's getting a roof, uh, you know, I I'm these things aren't easy to do. I get that, but it's not going to go away. The weather's going to be the weather. Yeah. You know? yeah. So. Um, my my point with with that, I was using them as an example. It wasn't like a personal thing against Montreal, but you know the worst thing about MLS is is not the fact that you've got uh, Nani and Zlatan coming over to retire. It's the fact that those players, those world class players that are still you know bringing eyes onto this league, are playing on these pitches that just look awful. Yeah, it's. You know, it's it doesn't look good, does it? When we're trying to push the league and, and yeah. they're trying to push the league abroad, it doesn't look good, does it? So, uh, but a good win for New York City. Elsewhere, Minnesota won, Seattle won, uh, Minnesota still unbeaten at uh, their new stadium, mm. and uh, Portland won away, impressive win at RSL. Uh, Portland are on the up, it's happening, yeah. the comeback's on. We, we well. We'd love to say we knew this would happen, and I think we did know know it was happening. They've not even got home yet. The comeback's on, I'm telling you. But um, you always expect it with Portland. However, we were very critical at the start. Winning at RSL, we know RSL are really good at home, so it was a really impressive win. I genuinely think when they now get home and start playing at Providence Park, I think they enter the playoff situation very quickly. Well, they're only a point off, so yeah. I I'm t- but I'm talking, I'm talking top three. Right. Okay. So they find themselves nine points behind Houston at the moment, are in third. Yeah, I'm talking um, that that level. And Seattle also in in fourth and nineteenth. So you reckon they can make up their nine points quite quickly? Yeah. Okay. We'll wait and see. Um, right. We're gonna have to talk about it. Orlando nil, Toronto two. I assume you watched this game. Yep. There was no uh, get in sort of tease this week for this podcast. Nope. Um Toronto No further no further you know, any further questions? Toronto scored good goals. Yep. <laughs> Come on, Orlando, and you're still in the playoff picture, you've got Atlanta at the weekend. Are you I I'd, right. Where's your head at the moment? Not good. Really? No, not good. Why? It's the summer slump. The summertime sadness is on, <laughs> thanks to Lana Del Rey, who I hate by the way. Um, oh, God. No, we won't get into that. I hate Lana Del Rey. Anyway, yeah, the summertime sadness is on. Uh, they look the second half. They they for a team that James O'Connor says they do double sessions. They train. They're determined to be the fittest in the league. They looked lethargic. They didn't want to press. They let Michael Bradley dictate the pace of the game. Which, as much as we don't like the guy, he can dictate the pace of a game very uh, very I, well. I, I'm put, I like him. Um, I just. I was really disappointed. The second, first half was great. Second half, didn't want to know. Didn't want to know. Looked exhausted, looked lethargic, didn't want to go and press. Thank goodness we haven't got a midweek game because mm. God knows what they'd have done then. How worrying is that? Well, it's terrible because they've come over. We just discussed the weather in Canada. They've come over. It's like a played, holiday. Played in the heat. You can't use the heat as an excuse. We train in it all week, all week long playing it. They've come over, had a little holiday, picked up three points and gone off home again. And I I worry about the Atlanta game. Obviously, like we won't win that. Do you not think we won't win that? Right, we won't okay. get a result there, and we won't get a result away at Seattle before we before we get back to Orlando. Yeah, this is going to be our summer now. You it's every around. year. 
It's, and this is why people mock me, but this is why I get so excited. This is why we do the get-ins, because when we actually win a game, it's an absolute miracle. But yeah, the summertime sadness is is on. Do you know that thing where we started uh, when we started to play like clips of songs? Because I think we found out there was a limit yeah, that yeah. you couldn't play. I think I should dig out summertime sadness. Are we going to have that in here? I'm yeah, sure here we go. Will. Summertime sadness. And that's all we can play. That could be anything, really, to be honest, couldn't it? Um, Toronto in fourth, then. Uh, they're having a better season than last, let's say that. <laughs> yeah, uh, stronger start than last year. Um, looked good, to be fair. Got quality to bring off the bench as well. Um, scored some really nice goals. Chapman, great touch before his, before his finish. Came off the bench and did that. They've got a, uh, they've got a game midweek, which they can rotate. They saved, saved legs. I, I think, to be honest... Toronto are, are a bit... There's so many teams that are in that big conversation at the top. And this is the trouble. Orlando, for me, are not there. They never have been. Can it, so <laughs> it feels like we never will be. <laughs> the summertime sadness. Oh, wow. That's all we can play. That must be a remix of it. Remix! Uh, last but certainly not least, Atlanta United. 3-0 winners away at SKC. I was so happy to wake up to this. I watched this Monday game because I'm a, I'm a real fan. Oh, I'd had a busy weekend. It was my girlfriend's birthday. I was in York, the uh, the original New York, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can just make a claim like that. <laughs> well, the, the 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 city that New York was named after. The uh, city that sleeps. Yes, the, yeah, the city that sleeps. Uh, but Atlanta 3-0, uh, Josef Martinez is back in a big way. This is such it's good performance, great win. I'm, I'm, He's just good performance. Didn't even watch the game. No, but I saw enough watch, to know. Watch the highlights. I, I extended highlights. I'll have you know. Uh, great goals, but Atlanta about what? All right, you watched the game, and in full, what did you think? Because you you tweeted, didn't you, saying that both teams? Oh, mate, it was awful. Genuine. Yeah. I don't. I want this. People thought I was winding them up, and I, there was Atlanta fans tweeting me who were watching the game but didn't agree with me, and I don't get this. There was a period in the game. At, at around the 20 minute mark go back and watch it because it's, it's available 20 minute mark it was dreadful it was awful note every t- like there was an interception and you thought oh great interception do you know like Atlanta's back line would step up they'd intercept the ball and they'd go to play it forward and lose it so then SKC have got it and then they lose it and then it'd go under someone's foot and go out and then it, and I was just like will someone someone just do something with it just keep the ball like play it simple for just two minutes put a foot on the ball just keep possession um but after that it started to atlanta started to look good started to look really good um i said this i I messaged you i have to be careful what i say about atlanta because everyone gets really like uppity about it they've been poor this season yeah yeah. they looked better yeah martinez looked good looked sharp scored a couple of goals barco looks like the best player barco is now where we thought he was going to be last year and unfortunately, is now going to miss however many games, uh, seven or eight games, I think. Um, Pity, Pity's my sticking point here. You've not got on board with him, have you? I don't dislike him, but he, I've not watched. You know, like Pozuelo, you were like, yeah, yeah, player. Whereas I, I'm not, I'm not there with him. Is yet. it his attitude? Because he didn't take being subbed very well, did he? The other week. Yeah, well, I don't know whether he just wanted to really kick Breck Shea. If you've seen that video where he gets taken off and he's kicking the seat in front of him, it's Breck Shea. I mean, we'd all fancy a little kick out of Breck Shea. I think that's true. Um, but <laughs> just get your hair cut, mate. 
Uh, right. The last game to touch on, Houston beat FC Dallas. Really good win for Houston, not only because it was a derby, but he's put them third in the conference. And uh, with that, we've not had a Houston fan on yet this uh, this season. So we got in touch with Sean. He's uh, one of the presenters on Generation Orange, which is a, an internet radio show dedicated to Houston Dynamo. So I caught up with him a little earlier on this week. The MLS UK Show. Welcome to the MLS UK Show. Delighted to say we're now joined by Sean from Generation Orange. How are you, Sean? I'm good. How are you guys? Very good, thank you. Um, well, not as good as you. What a, a few weeks Houston have had. Um, just starting the, the the Texas Derby or whatever. What what is that called? The Houston v FC it- Dallas match. It is called the Texas Derby, yes. There, we've we've got into uh, some trouble with Toronto and Montreal fans in the past, and and the <laughs> Hudson River Derby in, in New York, uh, City of New York Red Bulls. So delighted to that you've been able to uh, to confirm that for us. But if that's uh, sure. if there's any matches on the season you want to win, it's that one, right? Well, the uh, the Texas Derby is actually a three match series uh, that is two legs in either Dallas or in Houston. And then the other leg is, is uh, kind of either here or there. Uh, and so it, it's a little weird because it's an imbalanced kind of schedule, but uh, it, whoever comes away with the most wins out of those three matches claims what is known as El Capitan, <laughs> which is a, uh, a Civil War era cannon. Um, that is that is currently held by FC Dallas, uh, but uh, with the victory on on Saturday, uh, that has put the Dynamo on the front foot to return that back to its rightful owner here in Houston. You know, in the grand scheme of MLS, uh, winning a cannon isn't uh, one of the main things that that you would look for. But in terms of the local pride and you as Houston fans, how big is it to have that cannon in 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 your stadium? I mean, it's a big deal. For soccer fans, uh, you know, you get to outside of the soccer realm of influence here here in Houston or here in Texas, and it's a little less of an importance. But uh, for for those of us that are soccer fans here in Houston, uh, it is it is extremely uh, important to see that cannon uh, reside in our home city. Uh, so Houston, I mean, that win came off the back of a, a win against Columbus and um, you find yourselves third at the moment in the conference. Uh, what's the change this season? What's happened uh, to give the Houston the confidence to be to be pushing the two LA sides? There are four things in particular that I point to this season. Uh, and a couple of them are not really necessarily changes, but there are things that were different from last year. Uh, and then a couple of uh, three moves in particular that really set this season on the right foot. The first thing uh, is that AJ De La Garza, who's our right back, has been back for the full season. Last year, he spent a good bit of that season uh, nursing a, a knee injury that kept him out for pretty much two thirds of the season, uh, and he didn't end up coming back until partway, almost all the way. I, I want to say basically the last two months of the season, he came back. Uh, and we just didn't have a strong uh, backup for him at the right back position. And if there's one thing that this team relies on in how they play, it is their outside backs. Uh, and so not having him available for two thirds of the season was pretty detrimental. Uh, the other three things that they that they did is they brought in three players in particular 
to help with the spine of the team to help shore up the back line. The first was they signed Matias Vera uh, from uh, Argentina, a 23, 22, 23-year-old uh, defensive midfielder uh, who is an absolute wrecking ball at defensive midfielder. He's really good at pushing up the field and helping kind of pivot the attack when necessary, but he's also one of those that is very good at helping the defensive line maintain its its uh, you know its strength along that line, and if a center back pushes up, he, he pulls back and he's more than willing to sit back as kind of that middle center back as necessary. Uh, the other two moves were uh, signing uh, Minor Figueroa, who actually last year played for uh, FC Dallas uh, and spent a good bulk of his career playing for FC Dallas, but uh, also played for, I believe it was Wigan uh, over there in, in uh, the Premier League Yeah, um, quite a while back. So they brought him in and he's 35 years old, so you wouldn't wouldn't necessarily necessarily expect him to be a top contributor, but he found his way into the starting eleven alongside Kiki Struna, uh, a twenty nine year old uh, Slovenian uh, center back uh, who plays for the Slovenian national team, or at least did play for the, the Slovenian national team. Um, and so the two of them paired up in preseason and for the Concacaf Champions League, which plays a little kind of time wise, plays right before the season begins. Um, and they looked really good and have looked really good paired up again, uh, uh, together uh, and look to probably be the starting center back pair for the remainder of this season. Is this the, the thing with Houston is that when you look at clubs like, um, I don't know, off the top of my head, you know, you look at the likes of LA Galaxy who are continuously bringing in these bigger names. Houston seems to have been successful going kind of on an underground level, you know, getting the players that perhaps here in the UK uh, unless they've played here like Figueroa, aren't going to be the, the most well-known players, yet they're going to do a job for you, and they clearly are. Absolutely. And the the team has kind of set themselves up from the front office on down to maximize every dollar that they spend. Um, and that includes both on salaries and organizationally. Um, whenever they spend money, they want to spend it to maximize that that whatever they're spending, they want to maximize what they're getting back for that. And they, they've managed to do it pretty adequately for the last three seasons, uh, building this team really for the last, I guess, four or five seasons at this point. But, you know, they brought in Mara Minota to, you know, four years ago when they brought him in pretty much considered a nobody, um, you know, had played for the Colombian national team, but now he's getting a look in the senior national team, um, you know, among their strikers and, and, we know how good Colombian strikers are uh, at the senior national team level. Um, you're talking about players like Albert Elise, who who were, you know, sub players in Liga MX coming into MLS and now is, uh, you know, considered the top Dynamo player on the team. Uh, and he's been absolutely electric for the last two and a half seasons. And and you know, I'm sure at this point you guys have heard he's getting, you know, he's getting attention over there in Europe and and uh, and elsewhere. Uh, and then you have players like Tomas Martinez, who came in and is a young Argentinian attacking midfielder. Um, in my personal opinion, probably not going to be the guy that's going to make that move to Europe. But he's he's beginning to come into form. And so the Dynamos spend less on transfer fees. They spend less on salaries. Uh, but what they do is they find players that fit the style that they want to play and players that they feel that they can develop and mold over time. Um, so really, I see the Dynamo long term kind of becoming this almost feeder 
if there's a smart English Premier League team out there, uh, a feeder for their academy, not their academy, but a feeder for their reserve team, um, you know, or or even their sub bench level, just having a couple of sparks that can come off the bench, uh, even at the championship level as well. Yeah, well, we've of course seen Almiron came from Atlanta to uh, Newcastle United. So, from from the, uh, someone who's in the states, from your point of view, is that would, is that an attraction to be one of them feeder teams in hope maybe you could get some players to come the other way? Um, and would you? Let's face it, Elise and Minotes are, uh, are, are two big players for Houston. But would you would you not mind them coming over to Europe to to develop their career even further? Oh, I absolutely want both of them to go over to Europe um, when they feel that they're truly ready themselves personally, um, because it is it's 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 advertising for the Dynamo as a club that develops talent, develops young players. Um, you know, it makes scouting. Um, you know, for our gen- our uh, general manager makes scouting for him a lot easier because he doesn't have to do as much legwork because he's going to be getting and fielding the phone calls that are coming from coaches and technical directors and and youth academy uh you know directors and, and and agents saying hey i've got a young player that you guys might want to look at whereas right now he has to go and he has to find those players on those teams that nobody else is really scouting because he doesn't have as much many money to spend as a lot of the other teams in mls do uh, so uh, part of Houston's success, no doubt, uh, we know how it is in MLS. Your home games, you look to win and then try and pick stuff up away from home. Houston have been, you know, have benefited from the likes of Portland and Minnesota who played the away games first in that you've played a lot of home games first. Are you worried when it sort of switches round and Houston suddenly have all these away games uh, that the, the form might tail off or are you are you quite confident? Um, that's kind of a catch 22 because, uh, in MLS, we also contend with, uh, the gold cup, which is an international competition that happens and league matches still continue during the gold cup. Mm. Uh, gold cup is a CONCACAF region tournament, uh, which includes Canada, the U S Mexico, and then central American teams and a few Caribbean teams as well. Um, and so, players that some of the players that we have on our team, like an Albert, uh, Elise, uh, uh, uh Romel Kyoto, um, uh, minor Figueroa, um, could very well see themselves gone for three to four weeks of the season. Uh, because again, MLS still plays matches during the gold cup. Um, and they're not going to come back and form ready to just dive right back in. They're going to need another one week of recovery because usually our Hondurans, especially, the way the Honduran national team runs their players, they train and they don't have recovery days. So they train, 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 play a match, train, train, train. After the match, they don't actually give them recovery days. Um, but thinking about this then with the Gold Cup, and then we had the World Cup last year and the, the impact it has on the league. Were you surprised then when they shortened the league in bringing the, uh, the MLS Cup forward in the year? rather than giving maybe uh, having a couple of months off and then restarting again when the players are back fit? I'm not, only because with the number of teams that we have and U.S. soccer and CONCACAF's lack of desire to work with MLS uh, along with scheduling, 
Um, I think MLS had to put its foot down at some point and it had to make the change, knowing that CONCACAF and U.S. soccer weren't going to change anything. Um, and so, you know, the option was, do we extend even farther because they would have had to push an additional two weeks into, which would be deeper into December, uh, or do we pull back a couple of weeks and, and, you know, play a little tighter schedule and, and have a few more midweek matches during the season, that sort of thing. And, and just short, shorten, you know, the break periods a little bit. Um, I, I think it didn't surprise me because I kind of expected something would take place. Um, I think the, the bigger surprise for me was the playoffs, uh, playoff system going to uh, a one and done format, as opposed to a home and away series, like just about every other tournament in the world. Um, and so the, the one and done is definitely going to be interesting to see how it plays out this year, because previously your teams that uh, were actually ranked lower uh, in the table um, ended up being the team that would play uh, home first and then play the second leg away. And they would always end up with an advantage in that format because they would score the goals early at home, putting the pressure on on the team, the higher ranked team to have to defend their home turf. And while they were able to the away team was able to just sit deep and just absorb pressure. And, you know, it was it's really interesting. And so it's going to be interesting to see that format. But am I surprised by it? Not at all. It, It needed to happen. Yeah, so, uh, Sean, looking forward to this weekend. Seattle away, a tough game for Houston. Are you, uh, are you quietly confident about that one? Uh, I am. You look at the, the form that the, the team is on right now and the way that they're playing right now, I don't think there's a team in this league that, that they are afraid of. And you look at how they played the only loss of the season, which was against LA Galaxy in LA, um, you know, and, and they even then they looked really good. They they were on the front foot. They were pressing hard. Um, they had plenty of opportunities. And, and if they you know get even one of those to go in, then they're ahead uh, in, in L.A. Galaxy, I think, play a different style um, at, at that point. But, yeah, I mean, just because of how they're playing right now, because of the confidence that the team seems to be exuding right now uh, and as solid as the defense is playing, I just I don't. Personally, I don't fear any team, and I don't think the team fears any team. So what's your score prediction? Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 Dynamo. Uh, Right, Sean, before you go, of course, you uh, present a podcast, the Houston Dynamo podcast, uh, Generation Orange. Just tell us a bit about that and, and your passion for Houston and where it's come from. The podcast, we call it a, a internet soccer and uh, internet radio kind of soccer show uh, and podcast, even though we're not doing the podcast right now because we're trying to get some of that stuff set up. But uh, <laughs> we cover Houston Dynamo, Houston Dash, which is the NWSL, Houston uh, professional women's soccer team. Uh, and then we also cover the RGV Toros, which are the uh, Dynamo uh, USL affiliates, basically minor league affiliate, if you will. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we talk and, and – one of the things that we've kind of made uh, as kind of our goal with the show is to be discussion oriented as opposed to a lot of uh, coverage here for Houston soccer, what little bit there is tend to focus on um, being more recap the match, recap the, the week. Uh, whereas we tend to focus on what do, what do people want to talk about? Um, you know, and, and it's a good time. We have a lot of fun with it and, and we have a pretty good following so far that, really dedicated fans that hop into our YouTube chat with us while we're streaming live. And, 
and love to talk Dynamo with us. As far as my passion for the team, uh, my passion for the team, I, I became a fan. A friend of mine took me to a match the first season that that the uh, Dynamo were here or had moved here from San Jose. Uh, and it was, it was a good time. I enjoyed myself. I had a lot of fun and I was inter- instantly attracted because I'm a soccer fan by nature, by just kind of how I'm raised. And, uh, and so I started following the team and just kind of dove in slowly over time and uh, found myself after about five years of, of kind of being a fan, uh, dove in and, and started to write um, on a, a fan blog and, and, uh, and, and just got involved that way and, and ingrained myself as much as possible into kind of the, the uh, um, periphery of the kind of coverage of the Dynamo. And I've just been kind of doing something like that ever since. And, and so this was a natural progression to have this weekly show. And, and uh, I'm fortunate to have a co-host who's really well-versed in uh, Liga MX, Mexican national team, um, you know, has some pretty good info on European teams as well. Um, it just keeps up to date on all that kind of stuff. So, so we try to cover what we can and keep up with it as much as we can. And uh, we form a pretty good team. So we're, we're definitely having a lot of fun with it. But uh, yeah, it, it's good stuff. Uh, and where can anyone find you if if uh, there's any Houston fans here in the UK? Which I mean, I must admit myself, I've got a soft spot for Houston Dynamo because of Stuart Holden as a uh, sure. Bolton, yeah, as a Bolton Wanderers fan. Um, so, where can we find you? Uh, the easiest way to find us is actually on Twitter. Uh, we're at Gen Orange Radio. That's G-E-N Orange Radio. Uh, and we're pretty much always tweeting something out. But if you don't find us on there, uh, you can find us on YouTube. We actually run our, our uh, episodes currently under the Down in the Valley uh, YouTube. And that's YouTube.com slash Down in the Valley. Uh, and that's a reference to the Rio Grande Valley, which is where our RGV Toros are from. Elliot Holman. Henry Hewitt, MLS UK show. Okay, so Texas Derby, I've got it. Texas Derby. Yes. Because what's the Montreal one that we always get told uh, of? Well, oh, let's not even go. Yeah, not go there. Uh, right, so it's been a busy few weeks in MLS. We normally do five things you may have missed, but there's that much going on that it covers Just the five things. Jump straight in. Uh, so do you, what do you want to do first, the trades or the managers? Let's do trades. Justin Miram, one of your favourite MLS players has joined one of your favorite MLS teams. The only thing that I want to say about this, because I, I want you to, I want you to discuss this, because okay. there's no point in me going in on Justin Miram again on this podcast. Um, when it was announced yesterday that Atlanta were looking for a forward player, yeah, I didn't I message you saying Justin Miram with the eyes emoji. Credit to you, yes, you did. Because it's just not what it's not looking good for him. Like the, the it was it was all good. Moved to Orlando was terrible, moved back to Columbus, hasn't been good, can't get in the team. Robinho's been starting ahead of him. And now, actually, it's become... It, it, it was my first thought. I was like, well, he needs to get out of there. And I don't I don't see Atlanta as a great fit for him, but I still suggested it anyway. And then literally about 10 minutes later, Atlanta trade for Justin Miram. I think for him it's a great signing because it gives him an, an extra... I didn't know where he could go from Columbus, but going to Atlanta now means that even if it doesn't work out, he's going to sign for one of a lesser uh, MLS team. So it's great for him. How do you see this signing as an I, Atlanta fan? I I think it's a good a good backup for Atlanta. When you look at Breck Shea's the backup at the moment, I, I think Justin Miram is better. Whether he can fit in the team or not, I'm not quite sure because I don't know. I can't picture him in that team, but. You know, 
We'll wait and see. I think it could be a good fit. It just surprises us. And then he's proved it before in the league, so he can do it again. Yeah, that, that's that's one of the biggest... Like, we can't go through them all. But that's that's one of the biggest trades for me, is is Miram. Just in shock shock value, I think, more than anything. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Cincy then. Uh, cock out, I think, is the headline. Uh... <laughs> It's like Bush and Fanny all over again. Um, By the way, I'm missing Fanny this year. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since Fanny. Uh, So, um, cock out. Yeah. So what do you think of uh, cock out? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know what they're expecting, to be honest. Look, apparently there's behind-the-scenes stuff, which we can't judge. Um, We're not privy to to the information. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but... What's it? It's your first year in MLS. Just, just use it, it. Learn from it. I just feel like it's a waste of time now. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's a shame because uh, Alan Cock is, um, you know, he's he's got a, you know, he's he's done well for Cincy uh, in the USL, and I, it's, it's disappointing. You never want to really see a manager sat. In 2017, he started at, at Cincy. I think. He could have been given a bit of leeway. But again, we don't really know what's happening behind the scenes. We don't know with all the new players coming in. Because, like, they brought in quite a few players with MLS experience, which is, is what happens when you, when you become a franchise in MLS. Mm. How does that affect the players that were there in the USL days? Quite a few of them have, have left. So maybe the, the sort of atmosphere in the dressing room has changed. Maybe he's been able to deal with that or whether it became it became like two sides of and he swayed towards the usl guys who he trusts you don't know but after a, a positive start of a the season they've just tailed off and again it, it is well what do you want are you are you expecting a, a season like this where you struggle and think right like minnesota where they struggled and then they're, they're building uh because not everyone can have a season like atlanta at lafc or do you want to have that season like Atlanta and LAFC, make the playoffs and really go for it? It's, it's whatever they want. And quite clearly what is happening on the pitch isn't what the uh, the the the, bar, the board and the, the head office want. I think Atlanta have clearly upset people with uh, coming in here and just rocking up, finishing the playoffs, winning the MLS Cup. Uh, I'd... I'd... I think it's over-ambitious. I don't think the roster compares to, to Atlanta's. I think there's a lot of experience there. But I just think they need... You've got the USL players. You've got the MLS players. You you just need someone who can make them gel. I think it's the year has to be about learning. It has to be about the transition, about waiting until they get their stadium. You have to wait for these pieces to, to fall into place. I'm still waiting for it to fall into place. Um, <laughs> you know, I just... I think that was that was a very, very itchy trigger finger. The eight goals they've scored is is one of, if not the lowest in the uh, you know in the actual in the whole of MLS. Mm. It is actually the lowest. It's not firing up front. I know the Fernando Adi stuff hasn't helped. Yeah, and I, I think the backup when your backup is mm. Darren Maddox, it's not it's not a twenty goals a season striker. No. You know, and I think you know they've been using Kenny Safe in attack. He's not a natural attacker. He's you know he's he's supposed to be a number 10 who plays in behind i i just think there's there's struggle for goals but that's on the roster that's not that's yeah. not the manager's fault so i think this could go on for a while but we'll see who they bring in 
So I think we agree on both then. So Hudson, right decision. Yep. Cock. Cock out too soon. Too too soon. Um, <laughs> Maybe uh, wait. At least wait till the second date. Right. So this weekend is the MLS UK show derby. It's Orlando City versus Atlanta United. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Without knowing what's happening to Atlanta tonight in the midweek game, I'm more excited for this game now than I would have been a few weeks ago. Yeah, whereas I'm less excited now than I thought we would have had a real chance a few weeks ago, but I think Atlanta's starting to fire. The the, the Sporting KC match, by the way, what I, what I forgot to mention is they had like nine injuries. Sporting KC had nine injuries. So while Atlanta deserved to win the game, I, I don't want that to suddenly be a massive representation of where they are because, you know, it's no, an away yeah. win, which is great. It's a 3-0 win, which is great. SKC missing a lot of players. Did but, it flatter Atlanta, do you think? Potentially. Yeah. They deserve to win the game. I think 3-0 was flattering because SKC pinned them in at the end. They they really were pinning them back at the end. Okay. But, like I say, I'm anticipating victory tonight for Atlanta, victory at the weekend for Atlanta. If Atlanta play the same way they played against SKC, against Orlando, do they win 3-0? Yeah. Yeah. Orlando then... Um, you've not beaten Atlanta United yet, which uh, it is going to happen. I'm aware of that. Don't worry. I am fully aware that that will happen. See, I'm and... on the other side of this with Norwich and Ipswich. Like, they haven't beaten us in 10 years. I can't remember the last time. Yeah. That, whereas, you know, it's not nice. So, is it going to happen this season? If you don't think it should happen on uh, the weekend, is it going to happen this season? It's got to happen at some point, right? No, because we've, we've got this... Uh... Summertime sadness going on, Keylana Dory. <laughs> uh, and so I can't see it happening. I can't. Uh, who are the players for Orlando that are going to unlock Atlanta? So, um, anyway. Okay, I'll tell you what. Like, <laughs> who, are the, who are the Atlanta players that you fear as a, an Orlando? Like, knowing Orlando, who are the Atlanta players that are, that are going to change the game? Here's the thing with Atlanta, right? I think. They're starting eleven, no matter give or take a few players who are rested, missing, injured, whatever. Yeah. I think whatever starting eleven they put out, unlike last year where they could pick the lock, they could be patient, they could pass out from the back, they could build up, they could, you know, suddenly launch an attack forward, they could be there was a bit of finesse about it. Yeah. I think whatever eleven you put out for Atlanta now, they can just batter their way through any anyhow they yeah. get they get that result. I think it's different. I think it's just sheer Class. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> stupid question. When you look at Orlando, <laughs> who are you uh, Who are you fearing? Who would you look at the team sheet and go, don't want don't to play them, don't want Orlando to line up with them? Do you know what I'm really looking forward to this weekend? I'm really looking forward to seeing whether Nani can, uh, how he will do against Atlanta because I feel Nani is... Uh, I think Nani would suit Atlanta in the way he plays. Mm. So it'd be interesting. Better, you'd rather have him than Justin Miram. Yeah, of course. But um, I, I'm really looking forward to see how he, he does. Now, if he can maybe, I don't know, switch wings or whatever, or maybe go up against that left side. I was going to say, you've got to play him on the right. Yeah, maybe something that they'll put in. Then he could be dangerous. He could unlock from the left-hand side. But the thing is with Orlando... 
And he had, he's not done it enough. Dom Dwyer needs to... If you're going to beat Atlanta, Dom Dwyer needs to be on farm. You know I love Dom Dwyer. Yeah. I'm over it. Are you actually? So poor this year. Yeah, well... It is... hurts me to say. I'm not just saying it for effect. It it hurts me to say it. So poor this year. Too busy trying to wind up opponents. Yeah, yeah. Playing that nasty... Everyone's got that player. A little bit nasty and you think, yeah, I like, I'd like them for my team. But you hate playing against them. Too much of that, too much winding up, too much, you know, fouls and all. And not enough, just sticking the ball in the net, mate. Just, yeah. Just finish your chances. That's the thing, and that's what he needs to do this weekend. If he's if he's been playing like he's been playing all season, you ain't scoring unless Nanny can put one in from 30 yards. Atlanta will just mop everything up, and like you said, they've got a, a, Atlanta seems to have a bit more steel about them this year. So uh, that will happen. If Dwyer can just concentrate on sticking the ball in the net, get on the end of them nanny crosses and nanny uh, when he's playing it in, uh, he could be dangerous. Problem, of course, is that Dwyer and nanny rarely start together. There's this weird rotation going on. I don't want to get into it now because it's just depressing me. Come on, let's do predictions. Oh, you know what? I think Atlanta are really going to miss Barco. And I do this every time when we play Atlanta. Yeah, you've got Vialba, you've got Miram. I know, I know. You've got Shea. But just a note on that, is, is Mir- did Miram play when Columbus played at Orlando last year? Has he been back yet? No, I don't think so. That What a debut. Um, I'm going Orlando 2-1. You think Orlando will win? I think uh, Orlando Sorry, do you want to register then? Yeah, yeah. I know I always go for Orlando when we play. You, just you to, always do this. Just to cover You've never bets. beaten us. Just bite the bullet. No. Orlando 2-1. See, I, I say Orlando are going to get beaten, and I mean it. Like, <laughs> like I'm not joking. Uh, it's going to happen sometime. Oh, this is, mate, trust me. This is not the time. I've, I think you've got more of a chance. Like, last year, I know I went for Orlando every time, and that oh, was there's a bit, no chance last year. a bit but... tongue-in-cheek, but you've got a better time I'll concede chance this year. there's more chance, but I'm going 3-1 three, three, Atlanta. Interesting. Right, well, there are some midweek games uh, before the MLS UK show at Derby at the weekend. Uh, Atlanta playing again. Um, so tonight, this is Wednesday, we're recording this. Uh, against Toronto at the Benz, what do you think? Oh, you you say I've, I've given yeah. you. I've I've said Atlanta are going to win the next two games, which uh, will be three in a row. What score? Uh, Atlanta Toronto at the Benz. One nil. Two two. Also tonight, as we record this, Columbus Crew versus LA Galaxy. Uh, Columbus, who are good at home against LA Galaxy, who have been good pretty much everywhere so far <laughs> this season. Yeah, I. This is tough because you sort of think, how long can this run of losses mm. for Columbus go on? LA Galaxy is a second away game in the row. I I go two two draw. Um, do you think Zlatan will play tonight? It's two games in quick succession. Could do. I think I think Columbus will pull one out. I think uh, I think it'll be one nil to the crew. Chicago Fire, New England Revolution. <laughs> I think this is going to be a, a typical MLS. I think New England Revolution are going to MLS us tonight. 
Do you think? I think they're going to win. <laughs> after that disastrous result of the weekend, after Chicago drawing 0-0 at LAFC, I think New England will get a 2-1 win. Get your phone out now. Yeah. Put money on it. You think New England are going to MLS do it? I think they're going to do it. You've got to back it. Okay. You've got to back it. Let's see what the odds are. The Wi-Fi in here is terrible, by the way. Um, while you're doing that, yeah. I can't see them. I just can't. The morale's so low. I'm going Chicago. I'm, it's not going to be a 6-1. Don't get me wrong. I'm waiting for Gaitan to really show up. But I I think at least at least 2-0 Chicago fire. Okay. Uh, by the way, if I put money on New England, so let's say so minimum bet is £5. Yeah. I get £22 back if... Uh, That's got to be worth it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to log in now and do it. See that? Yeah. New England win. Verified. £22 if that comes back. Yep, good luck with that. <laughs> uh, New York Red Bulls versus Montreal Impact. New York uh, Red Bulls won the last two. Montreal played well all this season. And they're not playing on a beach. So <laughs> could be a good game, this one. Yeah, I think this is a New York Red Bulls win. I'm going for... One nil. This if they if they win, it'll be their tenth straight home win against I Montreal. I don't understand how Montreal are up there. They're not. They don't score. <laughs> no one scores. Um, I, no Piatti. They're yeah. still waiting on Iruti to score. Like, how is this happening? I reckon three 0 Red Bulls. I think you're right. Uh, right this weekend we've got Friday night slash Saturday morning 3 soccer. A. M. Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps versus Portland Timbers. Um, Portland picked up some form. I'm going with a Portland winning this one. Me I too. think it'll be 3-2 to the Timbers. I'm going Portland as well. I'm going 2-1. Uh, 6pm. Uh, this is at the Nippet Stadium. This is on Saturday evening here in the UK. FC Cincinnati versus... Mon- <laughs> a cockless FC Cincinnati versus <laughs> Montreal Impact. So immature. <laughs> That's a lot of travelling for Montreal. Yeah, but Cincy are terrible. I think Cincy will win, though. I think uh, they'll get back to winning ways. Cockless Cincy will win 2-0. I think Montreal win 2-0. FC Dallas versus New York Red Bulls. This is 7 o'clock on Saturday evening. FC Dallas looking to get back to winning ways after that defeat in the Texas Derby. Uh, Red Bulls would have played in the week, but are playing well. This is tough, this is. I think Dallas win this. Yeah, you'd always... Whenever FC Dallas play the likes of Red Bulls or LA Galaxy or Atlanta, or we, I tend to fancy them to win the you games. Have to, you have to favour the home team and the fact that Red Bulls are playing midweek and then travelling. I I think I think Dallas win this 2-0. 3-2 um, to Dallas. Uh, Toronto coming off their victory against Orlando and then maybe victory against Atlanta uh, they're at home to Philadelphia Union so this will be tough for them three tough games in it well two tough games in a row uh, for Toronto alright um, I I think they win this back at home yeah I think they win this 2-1 3-1 uh, Toronto uh, 9 o'clock this is a big game this LA Galaxy versus New York City hmm the Diggy Health Sports Park. I think Galaxy have got this. 3-1. I think Zlatan will be back. I think they'll save him for this game. So I agree. I think they'll win. I think it'll be... 2-0 to the Galaxy. 
Columbus Crew versus LAFC. Uh, Columbus would have played in the week. Um, a big game as well against LA Galaxy. A lot of effort will go into that. I think LAFC will win. I think they'll win. They'll get back to winning ways. I think they'll win 3-1. I was going to go 3-0. Okay. So go to LAFC. Yeah. Uh, the Revs versus San Jose Earthquakes. Um, <laughs> go on. Stay up for this one. Um, I reckon 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll go one all. Okay. Chicago Fire versus Minnesota United. This is at 1am. Tough game, this, to call. Um, I'm going to go for a Minnesota narrow 2-1 win. Oh, okay. Minnesota have been playing well away, haven't they? So, um, I agree with you. I think it'll be one now to Minnesota. Okay. Rapids versus Real Salt Lake. Um, it's a derby, this. I think, come on. Go on, Rapids. The old C-Rap, as I like to call them. I think they'll get back to it. I think this will be the game to turn things round for them. And I think it'll be 3-2 to the Rapids. I don't. I think they lose 2-0. <laughs> Seattle versus Houston Dynamo. Sean was quietly confident when I spoke to him from Generation Orange. Uh, Sanders are good at home. Sanders are too good at home. Yeah. 2-0 Seattle. I think there'll be goals in this. I think it'll be 4-2 to Seattle. I haven't gone for many goals this week. No. So don't, I'm not feeling it after a midweek. Speaking of goals, Sunday evening, half seven, Atlanta, Orlando. We've already given our predictions, but I just want to point out that uh, that game is on Sky Sports here in the UK. So if you're a UK viewer, it's live to the nation. You can watch Atlanta versus Orlando City. Can I just say the headline on this game is um, De Boer, quote, It's a pity we're losing Barco. <laughs> he thinks he's hilarious. <laughs> Guy thinks he's hilarious. Um, moving into midnight on Sunday night slash Monday morning. DC United versus SKC. I think this can be a really uh, good game. This, this could be a good game. I think DC will win, though, with them being at home. I think it'd be 3-1, but it'd be a good game. 3-2 DC. That's it for the predictions this week. Uh, we've got to reveal the player... In the game with a change of name. Got it right again. Well done. So they started their career at Freiburg. Freiburg 2. Moved to Columbus in 2016. Have played 73 times. Maybe 74 by the time you listen to this. Maybe 75 by the time Let me guess. He scored no goals. He hasn't scored ever. (laughs) Is it Zach Steffen? Ahead of our trip to the Etihad tomorrow night for the Football Blogging Awards 2019. I went for Zach Steffen, who, of course, joins Manchester City on July the 9th. There we go. Uh, yeah, that was not one of the hardest get- players you've had to guess. Um, as Elliot said, we are at the Football Blogging Awards. We're up for Best International Content Creators. Thank you for everyone who voted for us. Good luck to us. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. Uh, yeah. good luck to, I think what you're going to say is good luck to everyone there. Good luck to everyone who's... Uh, you know, nominated. Yeah, that's that's right. Especially us. Um, and I think we always say to follow at MLS UK show. Um, and I think most people have probably got the message now. But I think just maybe for tomorrow, maybe best follow our personal accounts as well. Because after a while, it's hard to keep up the 
the business. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and we'll probably just post on our own socials. So um, go on. Yours are difficult. Well, I've got a few. I've got Twitter at Henry underscore underscore Hewitt. Don't forget that second underscore. Uh, by the way, just a shout out. Sorry, we'll get back to this in a moment. But a shout out for uh, Orlando City UK who made that meme of me on the last episode. Yeah. Then we put it on our socials, the actual picture, and said, go on, meme away. Somebody, I can't remember who it was, but somebody really <laughs> was really funny and put at the bottom, I'm Henry underscore underscore Hewitt. It really made me laugh. <laughs> Uh, so that's my Twitter, Instagram at Henry Hewitt. No underscores there. No underscores there. Um, I've mixed up as well. Uh, Instagram, I'm Elliot J Holman. Don't forget the J. Don't forget the J. Uh, don't forget that J. It's crucial. Elliot J Holman. Uh, Twitter at Elliot Holman. <coughs> Verified. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll uh, try and keep a document of documentation of how yeah. drunk we get. And that's it. We'll return award winners. Maybe. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network.